When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Special-ish on Radio Wolfgang. So we've just finished recording the newest episode of Science-ish. I'm going to say it's a good one. It's all about Alien, the film, and then Aliens. How come I don't hear anybody saying nothing around I'm this thinking. place? Unless somebody has got a better idea, we'll proceed with Dallas's plan. What? And end up like the others? <laughs> no, you're out of your mind. You got a better idea? Yes. I said that we abandoned the ship. Obviously, everyone loves an alien, the idea of an alien. It's quite exciting to imagine they might visit us. Um, the the people who seem to really like them is the Americans. They have their little facility called Area 51 somewhere in... Is it in the Nevada desert? It is in Nevada, yeah. What's what's going on in there, Michael? Well, I'll tell you. Give us the scoop. You. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a basically part of a US Air Force base, sectioned off, kept completely sort of under lock and key, as it were. Nobody really knows what's going on in there, but people have seen stuff flying out above there or flying out from there. So clearly, you know, I would say with my rational mind, it's just some kind of experimental military technology that's being, you know, developed there. But the, I mean, conspiracy theorists love to speculate yes. um, on what might yeah. be going in there. Um, one of the main ones is um, sort of reverse engineering alien spacecraft from yeah. the um, <laughs> supposed Roswell uh, crash so we create our own um our sort of uh, our own alien spacecraft and then obviously the study of the of the occupants who we assume are dead but maybe we've reanimated them oh who knows what we've achieved in in area 51 uh, all sorts mate <laughs> all sorts um but the the, the thing that's a- actually interesting about it is that there is no credible evidence for any sort of alien um entanglement in area 51 and yet, and yet people it's a, it's a persistent myth yeah, isn't it yeah, yeah. It, it's like one of the the number one um you know conspiracy theorists kind of wet dreams <laughs> 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 for, for, no i was gonna say for one of a better word but actually i'm pleased with those words <laughs> um and we asked uh, psychologist professor viran swami uh, about what he thinks might be going on at area 51 and why it's so significant in kind of very general terms it's clear that something happened there and something went on and that knowledge of that going on hasn't been shared. 
Now, whether it was a UFO is a completely different story. So one question, if you, if you were scientifically minded and if you were democratically minded, you might say, well, what actually happened? I want to, I want to know because it should be a democratic process. We all have access to that information. Now, if a government comes along and says you can't have access to the information, it's top secret for whatever reason, it might then lead to a conspiratorial belief that there are UFOs there or that there's something bad is going on or something's being hidden. Could kill him. I'm willing to take that chance. Let's cut it off and run. You take responsibility? Yes, yes, I'll take responsibility. Now. Get him out of here. Well, where do you want to do this? I'm making a decision just below the knuckle there. Right here. Stand by. The question is, at what line do we draw that kind of moves from being a legitimate question about governance to being a question about UFOs or something that has no mainstream evidence in support of it? Now, earlier today, a government spokesman dispelled any rumors regarding their interest in the Brown Mountain Lights phenomenon. Instead now, they're shifting their focus to the interrogation of that leading suspect, and that's Sean McLean. Many local residents, however, now have come forward claiming to have been questioned by the military about the Brown Mountain Lights, and that's leading many to speculate about a possible connection of some sort between the disappearances and the mystery lights. We have a certain degree of power in society. We can do certain things and we can ask certain questions. Now, in any healthy democracy, we have to have that ability to ask questions. I have to be able to say to my government, well, I want answers for this, this and this, and, what, and here are my questions about this. Now, the kind of line is drawn when that shifts into becoming a conspiracist narrative, because the, the conspiracist narrative doesn't just ask questions, it also provides an answer. It says, here is my question, but here is my answer at the same time. And my answer is not going to be good for you. Now, the kind of problem with a lot of conspiracy theories is that it's a blunt tool. It doesn't get us anywhere. If you're asking a question that already has an answer, you don't really want to know what the real answer is. You want your answer confirmed. I was aware of feeling so relaxed, like I couldn't move, yeah. but I wasn't really bothered that I couldn't move. Yeah. You'd, you'd be happy just to sit there and look at it forever, or just want it to land and go away with it. Um, just a face, no real distinct features, and then suddenly being aware that there was much more to this world than, than I knew. Um, it was a far wider spiritual experience, and then it just closed down, and that's all I remember. Stopped. Don't say anything like that except uh, molecular acid. You must be using it for blood. It's got a wonderful defense mechanism. You don't dare kill it. What about Cain? I think for me, the question is, is what function do conspiracy theories play? And if you understand the function, then you can understand what function or what it tells us about society more broadly. So for me, a, a conspiracy theory or most conspiracy theories fulfill a, a very basic function, which is that they ex attempt to explain the world. And in a sense, it's doing what everyone does at a kind of normal level. We all try and explain the world in our own ways, in our individual ways, and we make tests against reality. Sometimes those tests come back negative and we find a different explanation. With a conspiracy theory, you accept an explanation and you don't conduct further tests. You kind of want to test only your theory and you're looking for evidence that can fit your theory. You've been in my life so long. I can't remember anything else. 
But what does a conspiracy theory tell us about society? It tells us a lot, actually. It tells us firstly that we have very little power in terms of making decisions and getting information that we need. It tells us in terms of how we manage society and how transparent governments are, that they're not very transparent, they've got too much power, and they're not necessarily means of challenging that power. And conspiracy theories, in a very general sense, is a means of challenging power. It's a means of asking a question. You may not want to call it conspiracy theory, but just asking a question about, say, for example, what happened on, on 9-11. It's not necessarily conspiracy theory, but it's a means of asking a question of power. But also, once you kind of believe that there is an explanation, it makes your life easier. You're less stressed about it because you're not having to worry about all the different things. And it gives you a kind of a way of navigating the world. It says, this is my worldview now. I'm going to adopt all the different explanations that fit with my worldview because that makes me feel better. Don't be afraid. I'm part of the family. So it's quite interesting that Professor Viren was saying there that actually um, one of the functions of conspiracy theories is that it it asks asks questions of governments when governments aren't transparent because the whole the whole thing with Area Fifty One is all of this stuff could be put to bed if the U.S. government just said, "Oh right, well this is what we've been doing for the last fifty <laughs> years. Um, here's uh, all, all of the results of all the experiments we've done. Uh, no, we haven't got any alien spacecraft, but guys, come and have a look around." Yeah, yeah. Then every everything is, all the speculation is gone. But you feel like we're never going to have that. And it's a way of highlighting the fact that we're not told everything. I'd agree. But I would say that the conspiracy theorists would probably be incredibly disappointed if they were invited in. Very that, disappointed. That, yeah. that would ruin their lives. It's a bit like, you know, the Masons now let you come into their lodges like once a year or something like that. Well, that's silly. It's like, you know, no, I don't want to go in. I want to imagine all the weird shit that goes on in there. Yeah, And yeah, I've got yeah. my own idea in my head of what that is like and what goes on. And actually, Eyes wide shut Yeah, yeah, me. exactly. Yeah. And so I think, although you know, the people say they, they want the answers to this kind of thing, I actually think they don't really want the answers. They enjoy the process of just, you know, having this crazy stuff in their heads. Well, conspiracy theories are good fun as well, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're enjoyable to, to read. It, I mean, I think you probably don't want to take them too seriously on the whole. But I, I like the, also the idea that they, they just simplify everything. Yeah. Because if you kind of go, right, this is my question, here's my answer, then then you can kind of, I don't know, rest a bit more easily. Yeah. Because yeah. stuff makes sense to but, you. Yeah, so the idea that you're, you know, the US military has been reverse engineering alien spacecraft, you could argue that that simplifies it. I would argue that, you know, that raises a lot of questions about why they haven't got anything decent out of it in, in 50 years or whatever. So, but of course, you know, these people don't really want answers, as I said, you know, they don't, they, they just enjoy the process of it. It's like any other kind of delusion, really, is that actually, it's quite enjoyable to live outside of the, the real, normal, boring, physical world. It's a pretty positive note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> Need more science? Of course you do. Head over to RadioWolfgang.com to find out more about becoming a member and downloading our app, which allows you full access to all the episodes of Science-ish. 